I wanted to, um, I listened to some of the podcasts uh, from last week and because uh, I wanted to see exactly where I stopped and uh, was very pleased with how good the podcasts are coming off, the sound quality, and uh, it's, they're really nice to listen to, um, very easy. And um, I was so blessed, um, Kim, Kim's not here, but uh, um, her mother that lives in Millport as well has been listening. Kim got her on this and she listens. She's been listening from clear back in 2015 and, and bringing these up. But um, uh, I, I just want to, we have several people that listen to our podcasts and uh, I just want to give a shout out to them. It's a blessing that, uh, that you listen and I um, hope you can uh, just receive some of the presence that's, uh, that's here when we gather. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Kevin and I talked, and um, he's going to wait till after Easter to share, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'll, I'll finish up this. Well, I'll just take these next two today and on uh, Easter. Easter, Easter's coming. Uh, a little bit of review. Um, I was on in uh, chapter 5 of Ephesians last week, and um, this opening phrase, thank you, Craig, um, is, uh, is this, be imitators of God in everything you do. And uh, what, a, what an impacting statement. Like, it just kind of reduces all of our stuff and things and figuring out stuff to, well, just imitate Jesus. You don't know what to do? Just do this. Do you want to, you want to change some things in your life? Imitate Jesus. You want to get more dialed in, focus, be more effective, be fruitful, uh, have an impact in the, on the world around you? Then imitate him. What a great sound word. And we talked about how that means mimic. And we have this illustration in, in our, our culture of all the actors and uh, the celebrities. And um, they, they will study the character that they're to become. The better they do that, the better, off, better their, their movie comes out. And uh, we fall in love often with, not with them as a person, necessarily but we 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 love the character often we'll have and, and that is what draws us back to watch a movie more than once like they're it's the character that they portray and they're putting on something that is that is normally not themselves and who they are and um i i looked up this verse um romans chapter 13 i think 13 14 and um in some of the versions it says um put on Christ or put on, on Jesus. And uh, that kind of came to my mind, and so I, I went back and read it. Let me find it here. And, and the Passion Translation words it this way. Instead, fully immerse yourselves into the Lord Jesus. And, and the, the preceding verses are talking about a lot of corruption and immorality and, and difficult circumstances, kind of like the world we're living in right now, what's around us, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and in the midst of that, this word is relevant. Uh, be imitators of God in everything you do. 
Put on Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, put that on. Like, our children will uh, put on their uh, costumes. will put on their, their stuff from their favorite um, uh, actors, etc. And um, superheroes. And it says, instead, fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. <clears throat> I think it's worth stopping here for a moment or revisiting this because how often when we're, when we're, we're wanting to make a change in something, uh, in our life are, you know, like, why do I keep falling into that? Why do I, you know, and you, you see some things that you don't want to keep doing in your life, and that's a healthy thing. But how we go about it, and if we, we get more and more focused on ourselves, I guarantee you, your plight is going to be hopeless. That won't change you. You can work really hard at it. You can set up parameters. You can, you know, self-examine yourself, but but it, the change comes from imitating him. We are in hopes of a transformation, to be changed into the likeness of Jesus. That he's, that's the journey I'm on. <clears throat> that's my desire. And every once in a while, more often than I want to admit, I get a glimpse of, oh, not there yet. <laughs> the transformation doesn't, you know, it doesn't, Come fully into whatever, you know? And so, so we, we come back and we have to watch how we manage that revelation because if you become self-focused, you're, you're just going to stay in it. But if you get your eyes on him and off of yourself and start fo just follow him, do what he does, think like he thinks, Put on, study, become an understudy of the Lord Jesus Christ become an understudy of him. It's amazing. You'll be amazed. Uh, all of a sudden, you won't be so free with your mouth. How many of you s sin several times a day just with your lips? I have some closed lips on that one. Like, not me, never, okay? So you, <clears throat> you, you can try to do that, but I find this, it slips out. You can hold your lip, purse your lips as tight as you want to, but all of a sudden, the emotion takes over and out it comes, right? And, uh, or the temptation to say or do whatever. And, and then this, we're all on this focus of let's be careful what we're saying. Like it matters big. It's huge what we're declaring. And uh, I find that I'm, I'm as I, I just, the Holy Spirit is gracing me to watch my lip, watch my mouth. And even in very uh, casual settings and relationships at home with friend, with family, with that I'll I'll say things that aren't necessarily honoring. I don't. Why do we do that? Like we, I don't know. We we live. Don't be a victim of the sitcom culture that we're that we grew up in, because it's an extremely dishonoring culture. I'll feel better if I can make you feel worse or look worse. That's like junior high school, yeah? And then when that comes into the church and we're supposed to be grown adults and that stuff's still there, like, what are you doing? And then if you do that to your children, if you do that to your wife, you're like, no, I would never. Oh, my. It's funny what will come out if we don't guard that and watch over that. And, and 
there has to be some intentionality to, again, not change, but follow Jesus. And in following him and becoming more sensitive to what his thoughts are and what he would say and what he's saying and what he's declaring, you realize, I don't want to go around calling out people's faults. That's a declaration in the wrong direction. And we've all heard it, fathers that are trying to intimidate their children into doing better, you know? It's like, you idiot, what do you think? You know, like, oh my gosh. And we get so used to it, we don't even sit. Well, it's like, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> it's, it, it's abnormal. It's not right. <laughs> it's the opposite of what it should be. Instead, a good father is declaring good things to their children, even when they're not doing that well. A good husband makes declarations to his wife that causes changes in her and, and, and bolsters her up in her confidence. And vice versa, a good wife. Like, it's easy to find the faults. They're, they're abundant. But to declare good things in the midst of, of that, it's so, it's so life-changing. So instead, fully immerse yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be imitators of him. And then this phrase, I only got to verse 1 last week. I, I didn't even realize, I'm like, oh my gosh, I never got out of verse 1 last week. But it was rich. And then it says, for then in verse 5, continuing on, you will represent your father. So we're ambassadors. We want to represent him. That's really a, that's a calling. That's a goal. You know, what's your career? You know, make a career out of glorifying the father. Now that's a great career. Study for that. Prepare for that. Like, how can I make him famous? I'm going to tell every good thing he's doing. I'm going to be on his team. I'm going to play in his backyard. I'm going to live in his house. I'm going to, I'm going to abide in his presence. And, and then this very affectionate uh, terminology, represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And that just lit up a picture for me, the beauty of, and, and I'm speaking, the picture for me was the father, fathers and daughters and sons. And when that is what it's supposed to be, and I know many of us didn't have what was supposed to be, so it doesn't matter. Just get your eyes on, what it, on the model, right? I mean, we'll never get anywhere if we keep looking back and like, oh, you know, mom this and dad that and what it was like in our household. It's easy. It's so easy to go back there. It's like, why do we do that? <laughs> it's not fruitful. It's like, yeah, got the T-shirt. But let's talk about what it's supposed to be. Now, that's a good conversation. Sit down on the couch and go, but what's it, what would it, what can I, how can I change that paradigm that I grew up in? <clears throat> what matters? <clears throat> oh, I wish I had more affirmation from my father. I wish there was patience. I wish he would have worked with me instead of, you know, I wish, I wish this, I wish that. So be that, like, Pay attention. This relationship between fathers and son, and I, I love our young families, and the aren't they beautiful? Because not perfect, but I love I love the uh, change. If you if you're old enough and you look back at where you came from, you're like, oh my! I know y'all are having rough times sometimes. You're way ahead of the game. 
Like you're talking to your children, you're spending time with them, you're doing your best. Like there's a, a big change from what we came out of and what our culture was cultivating. It's this beautiful picture. Listen to this. This is why I had to go back because I, uh, this is a book, an adoration prayer book by um, Bob Hartley out of the um, House of Prayer, IHOP, et cetera, friends with him. And, and he, he put together this, uh, he's just a business guy, you know, I think he cleaned carpets and theaters. I mean, he just had a business, but he, was, he had a kingdom business. He was just so full-blown kingdom stuff coming, whatever he was doing. And um, <clears throat> so without the degree of being a pastor, a minister, or whatever, he's an influencer big time. Like, he's a really cool guy. So he's writing in this, and he gives an example of his family at Christmas. And, he's, and, it, and it reads, personal example of adoration. Because it's a book about all the scriptures that, uh, that are good things to pray. Story of my dad at Christmas. When I was a child, the kids in my family would give my father gag gifts for Christmas. We would take turns presenting silly poems or witty criticism to him. My siblings were all very bright and could be quite entertaining. My dad always played along with the tradition in good fun. One year, however, the routine changed. My oldest sister... This is hard. My oldest sister began to read her poem, but for some reason she couldn't continue. She crumpled the paper that she held in her hand, threw it to the floor, looked at my dad in the eyes. Dad, I have never met a man like you. You are as gentle a man I have ever known. You are so honorable and kind. My brother picked up where she left off. Yeah, Dad, you never get worried or burdened. You always turn hard things into joyful things. Another sister shared, when I get married, Dad, I want to marry a man like you. The next brother began, Dad, you are unpretentious. You never pretend. You are so sincere, and I want to grow up to be a man like you. I tucked myself behind the Christmas tree and cried because he was just a little boy at the time. This father stuff gets me every time. I can watch a Hallmark movie. There's father, daughter's kind of like sitting on the couch. It's like, are you crying? No. <laughs> I loved to see my father loved, hoped in, believed in, and appreciated as he had done for us countless times, it so moved my heart to see my father's heart cared for and valued in that way. That Christmas, I learned firsthand about the power of adoration. I saw how this love and affection made my father feel valued and loved, and how my heart came alive as his heart was cared for in an appropriate way. I realize that our Father in heaven desires our love and affection as his sons and daughters, and my heart was moved to see him adored this way. Yeah. How much more, our Heavenly Father, that we have this intimate relationship that 
all of us can have, every one of us, and maintain that there's affection and there's honor, and you give honor to the Father. I was going to fix this, and I didn't get to it. And, um, and you receive. You can hear his honorable words back to you. You see, when we're participating in this sitcom culture that we're in, it gets hard to hear from God because our voice, we're, what we're speaking and declaring, problem is it's, it's how you hear things back at you. When you change that declaration and you change that language and you, you move into an honoring, and uh, I often I find myself asking the Lord for more expression of worship. I don't want to just say the same words. Like, how can I worship you? Like, and I, I want that to flow. I don't want to just be saying the same words. I want, I want it to be, because in a true relationship, you don't just keep saying the same words. You, you, you come into, if you really care about developing relationships in your life, then you're creative with your language. Like you, you take time and your thought, you know, we, we give gifts and we do a lot of things for one another, which is all well and good. But to find words to speak to the people we love and affirm that, it's so powerful. When people see you do that, they're blessed. When they see you worship God that way, that's, that's when we see someone worship and we're just overwhelmed by it, like it's so impacting. Because we're watching a genuine expression of love and worship. And then, yeah, you just we can tell the difference, can't we? When it's that real heartfelt connection, you're like, wow. I could watch that person worship all day because it, it, it's, it's when you see the real thing, you're like, oh my. It just draws you in. And, and, and so this is, if we have developed this relationship with our Father in heaven, we'll impact the world just by them watching our love for him, just by us watching how we, how we talk about him, just by them realizing, oh, you really know the Lord. You really have a history with him. He's really helped you. He's really, you really believe. And so now it's not about winning an argument or proving anything. It's about being, it's about caring, carrying something. So moving on, I just like, that's, I just felt that was so, so good. Continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. So there is a fragrance about our relationship with the Lord. There, it's to give off a fragrance. Sometimes it's giving off a fragrance. It's not a good fragrance. It's not a flowery fragrance. It's a that stinks fragrance. Because everything that's religious and out of, out of that spirit, is, it stinks. You, you may look good, but you're, there's the, the aroma's not there. We want, we, want that, we want that aroma to be on us. So again, walk surrendered to Christ. That's a great 
Again, not complicated. Want to know how to make some adjustments? Walk surrendered to Christ. Walk surrendered to his ways. Walk in a way where you're yielding to him. We get caught up in yielding sometimes to the wrong people, so we know what that is. Yield to him. And having, verse 3, nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust, or greed, for you are his holy ones, and not, let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. Guard your speech, forsake obscenities and worthless insults, for they, these are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. So when worship fills us, it should have a transforming effect. When we're really connecting, it changes us. There's a, there's a, there's a fragrance. There's, there's something that flows out of that. Fills, it fills our heart, spills out with our words. For it has been made clear to you already that the kingdom of God cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of sexual sin or who is impure or greedy, for greed is the essence of idolatry. How could they expect to have an inheritance in Christ's kingdom while doing those things? And in my New King James uh, Version, I, I often refer to this. It, there is this difference between a person struggling with sin and a person that is practicing sin. I love the qualifying word practicing because you practice tennis, you practice your guitar, you pra that means you intentionally do it. When you move into that in your lifestyle where you're intentionally doing something that you know is wrong, you're, you're not in a good place. That, that's not a good thing. There's nowhere in the scriptures that says that's okay to live like that. That's, that's actually bad. And, and so with listening to the word and letting this, like, what do we read out of Isaiah 55? The, it, the word comes down, it comes to earth, it comes for a purpose, and it does not return back to heaven until it accomplishes the purpose, till it changes us. The word changes us. It transforms us. So just hearing, and we're hearing this instruction that starts out with this very positive thing, be imitators of God. So the answer is right at the front of this. The way to be free is right out front. Be imitators of him. Put on your Jesus suit. Look like him. Act like him. Study, study how he would handle this situation. Study his responses. Have, have you ever stopped? You really like, I've been fascinated with the Jesus remarks and the Jesus statements that just are showstoppers. Boom. Everybody's arguing and debating and back and forth. And Jesus comes in with a showstopper like, Boom. Let him that's without sin cast the first stone. Game over. Everybody goes home. Like no argument, no nothing. Just that it was a, it was a Jesus statement that just stopped it all. I want to have more of those things in my life. I want to I respond more with those, those things. They're usually just short phrases. And he does it over and over again. He just goes right to the heart of the situation and all that clamoring and all that justifying and all that other stuff, it just, it just kind of comes to, an, it comes to a stop. And, 
and no one's condemned unless you don't want to repent. No, it, it, it brings life. It, it, it ends that and you go, oh. It's that word that just reaches right in and stops everything. Verse 5, for it has been made clear to you. Oh, I, I read that. I'm trying to catch up with where I am. I'm in 6. So don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings, telling you otherwise. This is what brings God's anger upon the rebellious. Don't listen to them or live like them at all. Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now... You have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. And here's that phrase that we find Ephesians full of. It's our, our union with him. Union with him. It's our union with him. If you don't believe in the union with him, then you still practice sin. If you don't believe in the union with him, then you can't believe for healing. If you don't believe in this union with him through faith, then you can't, you can't move forward. You can't get in. We look for other ways. You've, you must believe in this. You must believe that through faith there's a, you are in union with him and, and that you walk in that, that, you, that becomes your declaration. We must stop walking by our feelings. Take a hold of them. I know they're strong. I wonder how many people that develop a sense of being separated from God actually are. It's just a feeling. Does this not happen in relationships all the time? Some of your close relationships, like your husband, your wife, you know, like as soon as there's a gap and an opportunity, and there's a little devil talking He's a show director. He's, he's there saying, hey, 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 and whispering things. And it sounds just like you. You're, you're convinced that you is right and that you is telling you something. They don't realize it's the devil. It's a, it's a demonic spirit. It's a familiar spirit that gets in close and sounds just like you. Are you my conscience? <laughs> you know, that thing. And, and, and it begins, and a feeling sets in, and pretty soon you're alienated with a person that has no bad feelings with you about you at all, but you have this feeling. You're sure it's true. And then if that happens with us and the Lord, do you realize how ridiculous it is that we're, we're separated and nothing's changed? You're, you're a parent with little children, and all of a sudden your children is, believes with all their heart you don't love them anymore. I mean, this actually happens. And a good parent goes, oh, honey, where, where did you get that idea? Why would you think that? <laughs> you did whatever, you know. They're crying, they're emotional, and you, you're a good parent. You're like, stop the train, hold the phone, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not true. 
but you, da, 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 you know? Like, no, no. You have to believe in your union with the Lord. Fight those feelings with that. Unless you know something that you truly rebelled in and disobeyed in, believe in the union. And even then, the union's not broke. You're not cast out on the street. Your bed's still there. You're still allowed to live in the house. You made, you know, you made a mistake. You did something wrong. You, were, you had a bad temper tantrum. The whole thing is so childlike, isn't it? It really isn't. Do you ever really graduate from this childlikeness about our walk with the Lord? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe heaven's about adults. Probably not. We're, I was talking to Mary. She at class, and I heard about this secondhand. Like, and I talked to her about it. She, she, the Lord told her to look up the word serious, which we think is. Don't you think serious is like a real adult thing to be and do? And she's like, look it up. Look it up. There's nothing good about it. Like, that's not, that's not the command from the Lord. Like, be serious. Be serious. We tell each other, uh, be serious. Stop goofing around. Be serious, you know? It's in our, I've spent a lot of my life being serious. It's actually opposite of joy and comfort and the, the presence and the, that we're supposed to have on us. And, and our, this is, uh, you know, back to Cain and Abel. And the Lord comes to Cain like, your countenance has, fall, has fallen. Why is your countenance fallen? He was being serious, that's why. He was contemplating killing his brother. That's why he was serious. <laughs> oh my God, like, well, I don't want to be serious anymore. That's, that's what shows up right before you commit a horrible sin. And then we have this uh, sense like, oh, that's mature, you know. And we, we don't want to be radical in our worship and our praise and our like, you know, no, 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 I, I don't want to shout around to do whatever, you know. La- laughter, like this laughter, this joy. I know, uh, Tom, thank you so much for that. That was so good about, that you shared at communion. I've noticed the same thing. If there's laughter in the house during announcements. Like if they're just, as Phyllis starts or whoever's leading, you know, and there, there's some laughter, I'm like, worship's gonna be good today. It's gonna be better. Like it, it, it opens us up. And the, the most unnerving thing that happens to me when it comes to church services is that it's quiet in the morning. I mean, we want quiet, but you don't really want quiet. It's like, oh, oh, this is bad. I mean, it, it, it bothers me a lot. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like, it's just quiet. Everyone's being serious. <laughs> Mary, I'm telling you, you hit a gold mine. Like this, this we need to, we need to look, look, look into that. Like, Lord, what do you, what's, what's spiritual? Like, what do you see? What, what would you want to see me? What, what facial, what, what, exp- what's, what place? What uh, countenance would blesses you? What, like, what would you want me to be in? I want you to be joyful, carefree. That's irresponsible. That's probably another word. What's that word? So that we can 
enter in, we're in union with the one that provides for us, that blesses us, that makes, makes all these things take place. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. So I'm thinking if you get flooded with his revelation light and you walk into Walmart and you don't lose your light, <laughs> well, if you really have it, you shouldn't lose it, right? And you walk into some of these oppressive places and chaos, chaotic places, and you are full of revelation light, I'm thinking without even trying, you're going to affect people. There's going to be, there's a, there's a presence. You will have a warm smile. Do you know how contagious a warm smile is out in the world, out there? It's very, like, I get, I get impacted if someone just is a smiles at me. Like, it matters, and we're, we're all pumped up about trying to win the world, and we don't know how to smile. Forget it. It's not going to happen. We better get the smiling part first. We better get the uh, full of revelation light, because that will be happy face. That will be joyful. That will be hopeful. That will stay hopeful even in dis discouragement. We're so fickle, like, as soon as we get some, you know, we're very news-triggered, right? News should not have that much power. Like, oh, that's just the news, you know? That's just the report you brought me. Oh, it's really bad. Ah, maybe it is, maybe it is. Did the Lord say that? Do you know how often I've been tricked into repeating something that wasn't even true? I just, I'm like, oh, why didn't I fact check that? <laughs> why didn't I fact check it? Why didn't I check that out? It wasn't true at all. When people ask me how someone doing at the hospital, I've gotten to where I'm like, I don't even want to answer it anymore because everything I say gets changed in five minutes. Like, uh, yeah, they're still in the hospital, not home yet. Let's wait and see. We're, we're, yeah, let's see what, let's give God a chance. I don't know. Why give the bad report when a good report's, when a better report's coming? It, it's, I'm being ridiculous, but there's, there's a point to this. Do you understand how quickly we're moved off of? I, I don't, we're not filled with revelation light. We're like, we're, we're like a wheel rolling down the driveway that's not connected to a vehicle. And it's wobbling and doesn't take anything to knock it over because it's not connected to anything. I, I want to I be connected to axle that's made out of cast iron, like solid, you know? So I, I don't wobble. So that when the wind blows, I'm boom, I'm still there. When the, storm, the clouds come, I'm still good. I'm like, that, eh, we're good. Because I'm in union with him. And the supernatural fruits of his light in verse uh, 9 will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Oh, wow. Oh, to find someone that truth is in them. Oh, to find people that are righteous. Now, I'm not that's not religious. That's not the same thing. That's probably the furthest thing away from true righteousness. 
with someone that's right. They're not conflicted. They're, they're at peace with God. They're at peace with man. That's more like what righteousness would look like. And there's goodness about them. This is all the effects of this is all the effects of the union with him and our mission that we are live as children flooded with his revelation light. And don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. So again, another tricky subject, but there's a, I know we have to fellowship with people that are from, the, they're in the world, like, but there's, there's a difference between having association and being kind and, and, and when you're fellowshipping with them, when you're participating in their sin by laughing at their stuff or not, not standing out or being different. There, there's, a, there's a word of exhortation here, and I would just say get wisdom about this because it matters. If we look like the world, what's the point? Looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, you know. And it was like, it's a Christian. No, 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 no. We need to, we need to look like a Christian, not like a duck. We need, to, we need to look different. There needs to be difference. So they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth. The very things they do in secret are too vile and filthy to even mention. Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct, and everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. Everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. Truth. Not that easy to come by. Like, oh, I tell the truth all the time. Ask the Lord if you tell the truth. You'd be surprised when you see how much you don't. How easy it is to change something. The slightest. It is a challenge to come to this place where you're a person without guile. Was it Philip or Nathaniel, one of those guys that Jesus said to, you know, Here's a, here's a, you know, here's a man of Israel who's no guile in him. Like, wow, that's quite a compliment from Jesus. To be that, to be that, that's, that's our calling. That's the natural thing that will come out of beginning as a child to imitate Christ, to put on what he looks like, to put on his actions. So we need to return to a childheartedness about some of this and get back to just believing, get back to looking like that, acting like that, letting that and studying that, like how would the Lord act in this? Do you know most of our anxiety comes from a preconceived outcome that hasn't outcome yet, <laughs> hasn't come out yet? You're all, you're, all, you're all wrapped up. You're all tight about something. You're dreading something. And, and it's, it's that fear. It's that, 
opposite of faith. It's that you're listening to bad scenarios. You're convinced it's going to go like that. I know when I go there, da, 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 da. None of that is walking in the spirit. I, we must identify these things. I'm doing that daily in my life. I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm like, what is, wait a minute. What is that? What's that feeling? Why do I keep, why, do, why does that keep running in my head? That's not true. It hasn't happened yet. I haven't got there yet. I haven't, I haven't encountered that yet. How do I, what's this scenario running in my head? It's not a prophecy and it's not a word from the Lord. Then, then it, get out, stop. And start creating a good story with a good, start making a declaration. You know, this, this situation is going to go well. This is going to be okay. I'm going to walk in truth and I'll wait on the Lord and trust the spirit. He'll instruct me what to say when I get there and it'll be good because he wants to redeem this. He doesn't want to keep the conflict going. He doesn't want me to look stupid again. And I'm going to help him by not speaking much. <laughs> that really helps a lot. Like, you know, I give you permission. You don't have to answer every question. You don't have to, you don't have to act like you know what you don't know. I, I love finding the mysteries of God and going, oh, I don't get that at all. I don't know what that is. It's so relieving to not try to have an answer for every mystery and everything. Go, oh, I don't know. I've not got there yet. I got some silly ideas and opinions, but they're pretty much worthless. And if I go talk, I mean, I was a little boy telling my cousin the red water in the strip mines was uh, rocket fuel. I was a child making, uh, making it up as I went. You know, it wasn't even preconceived. I, you know, it's just like I had an inspiration. Oh, yeah, that's rocket fuel. Back in the day when there were open strip mines all over the countryside, they were nasty. That was nasty stuff. This was our playground. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So let's deal with the lies. Let's deal with the stuff and get your eyes on imitating the one. That's the power for transformation. Put him on. Study him. Leave yourself at home. It's like, I'm not the, I'm not the person today. I'm going I'm to put, put on my Jesus suit. People won't even recognize you. Like, whoa, where did you come from? Where's Rick and what have you done with him? We just speak when you speak good things and peaceful things. And you, you make declaration. And after all, the spirit of the Lord is on you, and that spirit of the Lord is a spirit of prophecy, declaring the words of God. That was Jesus, and that's to be us, among many other attributes. Spirit of the Lord is on him. Declaration, continual de declaration. It can be as simple as complimenting people. Genuine, but it can be that simple. It's the beginning of a prophetic word. Like, hey, your hair looks really nice today. And the simplest things, especially to a stranger, they're like, well, thank you. <laughs> hey, can I get that for you? Can I pick that up? Can I help you? Like, well, yeah, that's different, you know? It doesn't take profound things to make a huge testimony and make God famous.
And you don't have to tell people where it's coming from. They'll have a good sense. They may even ask you, are you a Christian or something? Because <laughs> you know? the Christians I don't know, I, that I know don't act like this. Like that's, you know. Surprise them. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I'm honest. I'm a Christian, and I have an integrity. Are you sure? So let's put on Jesus. Put on Christ. Let the Scripture speak to us. Father, today we just thank you for being able to sit under your word and letting it bring correction to us. We put off all immorality. We put off all obscenities. We put off all filthy talk and, and, and bad speech because it doesn't glorify you. We don't need to express those things. We need to express the things that are good, the things that are pure, the things that are eternal. These things. We want to immerse ourselves in Jesus, put on Christ. And we ask for grace in, a, in some of the difficult situations that we are in. Give us a grace to walk in the spirit of Christ right in the midst of these things, right in the midst of these decisions. Father, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you when I'm done, you're not. I thank you for when I'm quitting, you're not. I thank you for when I've come to the end of my rope, you just extend it. There's more rope, there's more grace, there's more help. I thank you for your word coming to pass, the provision, the blessing, the encounters. You're good, you're faithful. I ask in these days ahead that your spirit will fall on us in a new, fresh way because nothing helps us be more like Jesus than your spirit falling on us and your anointing. So, Lord, I know what I'm not capable of without you and without your help. But I have a hope. I have a promise. More of your spirit and more encounters with you will transform me and make me into the likeness of Jesus. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.